I have official, um, because this is like, guys, I check Tumblr tags, and uh, I don't have a Tumblr, I just check tags. And I came across somebody, because of course, fandom encompasses uh, all manner of disciplines, and there is a, like, statistics data-oriented person who does fandom metrics. And they analyzed, like, I mean, probably not, not a surprise, but the, like, top, like, percentage of, like, tags and things discussed, and the ships for Loki was, like, 88% Lokius and, like, 10% Silky. I mean, I, I believe that's true, but also, I think Tumblr's demographics are going to be really skewed, you know? It is pretty skewed, well, because yeah. because yeah. there was, it's less of a thing now, and I, I had a Tumblr account, but I, this is, I didn't really take part, mostly just lurked. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, the, the trope of the Tumblr sexy man comes to mind. The just, trope of the Tumblr sex. So uh, instead of <laughs> sounds like a ballad or something. So in, instead of instead of describing what that is, I'm just going to tell you who some of them have been. All right. Um, Tom Hiddleston is Sherlock Holmes. Oh, Benedict I mean, Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch, Sherlock Holmes. Yes, uh, Destiel from uh, Supernatural. The Onceler from the uh, the 3D. Um, Dust, did you mean Castiel? No. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, Castiel. I didn't watch the show. Um, uh, yeah, the ones that are from, um, what was the... The, the Lorax? The Lorax, the animated Ew. Lorax. What? So he's a cartoon character, Wait. and not even, like, a what? sexy well, cartoon so what character. I, so the whole, the whole model of the Tumblr sexy man, he's gotta be white, well-dressed, skinny, mm-hmm. and usually, like, tall. And maybe a little fey, right? Yeah, That's yeah. why Loki is such a fucking hit, because... Another episode of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends watch a not-so-hot movie, have a maybe better drink than that, and then uh, talk about that movie. Uh, I am back. We're back at with you another mini-episode, and I'm your host for this weekly, Della Hansi. I'm Chris Ravel. I'm Brendan Drischler. Uh-huh. And uh, in two weeks, we will be up with our new full episode, back with a new full episode. Yep. Um, Including we'll our Summer of Weddings. So, yep, Summer of Weddings, Summer of Marks, Part 3. <laughs> uh, we'll be coming at you with Something Borrowed from 2011, yep. uh, starring Jennifer Goodwin, Kate Hudson, Colin Egglesfield, and John Krasinski. That's the one. Uh, Eaglesfield. That's a familiar sounding name, but I can't. He's like an attractive piece of cardboard. Is he British? I don't think so. I think he was on soap operas or something. Let me see. No, Just, he's American. For yeah. some reason, that name is familiar. What does he look like? Um, that's him there. I mean, it's a shitty. Okay, he looks like a. He's like very attractive in an inoffensive, right. interesting way. Or and I can like see a... like. The sort of face that you look at and you're like, oh, we should make a movie with him. And then he's in it and you're kind of like, oh, it looks there's like, just like a void there right. when you're on screen. It looks like he's handsome, but in just a blank way. Yeah, he was on All My Children. Oh, okay. Um, anyway. Anything else of note about this movie? Um, I've seen it. I don't remember yeah, it very well. I think I'm the only I've one that's seen, seen it, it. right? Yeah. Uh, it's based off of an Emily Giffen book that I think was a very popular, like, sort of, quote-unquote, chick-lit beach read type book oh. for a period. Uh, there was a sequel to the book. There was no sequel to the movie. You can tell they really thought there was going to be a sequel to the movie. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So, wait, it yeah. ends as, like, setting up the, the sequel? It doesn't end setting up a sequel, but there is an end credit scene. There's, so, like, an Avengers. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's, like, an Avengers. Or they're forming a rom-com <laughs> Avengers. Would you call it the something-verse? I don't know. Because it would be something borrowed, something blue. But the thing is, I think there's only two books. Unless she did... Unless See, you would think that it would be something borrowed, something blue, something old, something new, but there's only something borrowed and something blue for books. So maybe, like, Emily Giffen, the author, just like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> she <laughs> was... Yeah. The, pub- else. the publisher was like... <laughs> I've said all I can say about them. The publisher's like, dry. so can we complete the quartet? She's no. like, no! <laughs> it was always meant to be two. Um, interestingly, I, mean, I have a question, then. Yeah. Does, the, does the second book uh, have anything... Does it sort of, like, 
connect with the weird thing in the movie that I know from AV Club about what's the glaring problem with this movie. It sort of like I don't know anything about the, the second, second book. book. You're going to have to remind me what specically you're referring to. The John Krasinski to. thing and how oh. he's not... Is, it, is that what the second book is about? I believe he plays a bigger part in the second book than he does the first book. Because in the first book, he's like arguably the fourth least important character of the four main characters. <laughs> okay. He disappears... To my recollection, it's been a long time since I've seen this. To my recollection, he disappears for a, like, a pretty substantial chunk of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I do think that he has more to do in the second book and probably is going to have more to do in the second movie, but alas, okay. here we are. So is the concept of this that she's dating someone else's ex? The concept of this, I will give it to you very quickly so we don't have to go into it now. Yeah. It's just that she uh, she and Kate, Jennifer Gobin and Kate Hudson are best friends. They've been best friends for forever. Kate Hudson's more of like a woo party girl type, and sure. Jennifer Gooden's like an uptight, like good girl who does her homework and does well in college, blah, blah, blah. And then she finds out that, if I remember correctly, Kate Hudson later, she finds out like she meets her fiance for the first time, and it's this guy who she like, I think had a brief thing with or had a thing for in college and she's just like oh I'm, I'm so taken aback by the fact that like you showed yourself my life again and John Krasinski is Jennifer Goodwin's best friend who like the entire time you're thinking like okay she's gonna get with him she's gonna get with John Krasinski and then at the end it's like no actually she has an affair with Kate Hudson's fiance and that's what the entire movie is like spinning off from that they are like secretly having an affair so it's Oof. I will give it credit it's a lot more nuts of a premise than you might think it would be going into it wow that's also like a more great position to put your protagonist in, yeah, yeah, to be like you're a homewrecker, yeah, especially so something since... borrowed because she's borrowed, right? I guess we'll get. And I guess it's the second one. She's sad, so it's something yeah. blue. But just like in my mind, that's a male-led rom-com move, not a female-led one. So I'm interested. In I this. guess it could be. Well, again, we'll, we'll yeah. cover that more then. Well, uh, uh, what are we going to be drinking with this? Uh, so aptly enough, for something borrowed, we'll be drinking something blue, and uh, something blue is again the third leg of our margarita tripod. So we had more of sort of a uh, an interesting uh, reinterpretation cocktail-y style margarita with Chris's. Mm-hmm. We had your most basic bitch fret brew margarita with Lee's, and mine is going to be a frozen marg, the kind that you would enjoy with the gals at you know your bachelorette party or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is going to be. I believe two servings. You're going to take two cups of frozen blueberries, two thirds cup of tequila, two tablespoons of blue curacao, because we got to use some of that up. (laughs) One cup of lime juice, one tablespoon of agave syrup, 12 mint leaves and ice. Throw it all into a blender, crush it up or blend it until the ice is crushed. And then throw in a glass, garnish it with some lime. There you go. That sounds delicious. Yeah, I hope it is. I have not made it yet. I've just been playing around with various mint margarita recipes in my head. And this is what I came up with. I like it. All right. That's what we'll have two weeks from now. Yeah, come at us. And we'll see if we have blue yep. tongues. We will. I feel like I keep trying to say come back at us, and then I just say come at us or something. <laughs> come at us. Come at us. Yeah, fucking come hey, at me, bro. Hey, come at us. Yeah. You won't. <laughs> you won't. Like, you try, you fucking coward. Get over here. All right. Uh, this week, uh, for Armini, I... This was like a sort of half-assed game that I think we, I don't you even like know. threw out we at the be, end of the last episode. Yeah, I don't know if we might be might have been captured on mic. I forget. Yeah, I think it was. I think I it probably remember. was. Yeah, yeah. It might be in the episode. But um, yeah, the, just the idea of looking at some movies that are just categorically not rom coms, and then just like what what if what if rom com? Yeah, make non com to a rom com. What if? Yes. 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 The why watch what if? Yeah. So uh, we decided to limit it to movies that. <laughs> We've done the podcast uh, just because there is a lot of bad. Not right. I th- it also ensures that we're all familiar with yeah, these movies. Yeah, we've all seen them. Yeah, uh, and we've, we've it gave us like a nice pool of movies because mm-hmm. I, I think one of one of mine that I think it's the whole thing spun from less when we discussed when we discussed it and came up with this idea was one of our movies, and so I just like thought it must be others. 
Um, so yeah, I think we have all done our homework. We've all got some movies to talk about. Yeah. Um, I, I, do you mind if I start? Yeah, go right ahead. So the one that I, I think we like. I think that your initial joke was Phone Booth. Yes. Yeah. Um, we didn't do Phone Booth, but <laughs> Phone Booth is very close to another movie that we've done, Cellular. Right, it is, it's the same premise, the same except premise. instead of being locked in place with the phone, you're it's free like, to move around with the phone. But you're locked to that Right, but person. you have to be on the phone all the time, yeah. or else you'll lose the call. Um, and the idea there is, like, there's, like, one person that's, like, their only channel of communication right. is, like, through this other person. Um, and so I've actually had... I think I've come up with this premise separately before, maybe maybe on in part inspired by cellular. Mm-hmm. But I think it was for a game idea that I had at one point, like a, maybe even a mobile game because it would have made sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had the idea of like a mobile game, and I think there's actually a game that exists like this. But I'm I'm not stealing that idea because I never played this game. I think there is a game called Another Lost Phone or something where uh-huh. it's like you pick up someone's phone and you have to like it's like sort of like who is this person can I give the phone back to them? And it's like, you get to learn about that person's life. I don't actually know what that game is about, but that was my idea was that you pick up someone's lost phone in this game. And then you like have to look at their, you know, they're calling you from like some other person's number that they, you know, whoever other person they can get to like call their own phone and be like, hi, you have my phone, blah, 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 blah. If this person calls, like tell them this because, you know, I, this is like a time sensitive thing. And like, could you meet me here? Blah, blah, blah. So like, that was the idea I had for a game, and I thought I could somehow kind of parlay that. And that was always meant to be, like, vaguely romantic, but at least, like, sort of about a personal connection of, like, this person who's picked up this phone and the person whose phone it is, and, like, you having to, like, deal with that person's drama of for the day because it's their phone and they've got a lot of people calling them and there's, like, calendar notifications going off, and it's, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, how much are you willing to go through for this person that you've never seen? And they're sort of diving in blind to, to just this person's, like... Yeah. The, the minutia of their life as experienced through their phone. Yeah, so oh, okay. through the lens of cellular, I thought I would do it. So instead of like picking up a phone, there would be like something going on where this person. I don't know, because in, again, in like the movie, she's obviously not going to be kidnapped, but there's like, so you just like makes like wires cross and it somehow just calls this random guy's cell phone, right? It's basically, it's one of those things where like you used to be able to on old phones, the, uh, the call, like the little yeah. switch that would kill the call. Mm-hmm. If you tap that, it will dial numbers. It will just dial numbers. Yeah, yeah, and that's what the premise... She was doing that, basically. Connecting and just, like, randomly dialing yeah, a number. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it would be something like that, where, like, it's this, the same concept where somebody is in some sort of bad, stranded type situation. Not in a kidnappy way, but in, a, like, a... Um, my car broke down. My car broke yeah. down. There's, like, no reception. And for some reason that I'll think of, you know, if I ever have to write this movie the only person they can call is, like, this one person. Mm-hmm. And they manage to, like, get a hold of them. And, like, it's not going to be, like, cellular where she can't, like, disconnect the call. Oh, yeah. It's going to be, like, you know, you're the only person I can call right now. Yeah. And so, like, you're it for the day. And for whatever reason, this person has to, like, sort of deal with, like, this person's shit. So it's kind of, like, it actually ends up being a lot like Jumping Jack Flash. Which <laughs> <laughs> I've also I've seen Aces go. But a Jumping Jack Flash, it's like Woody, Whoopi Gold, Woody Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg is like Woody Allen. a hacker. Together at last. Woody Harrelson. No. Woody, Har- Woody Harrelson's not in it either. Um, in that movie, like Whoopi Goldberg's like a, a computer engineer programmer, and she's getting like not phone calls, but like you know, email, well, like whatever, AIM yeah. messages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever the equivalent of that would be. Yeah, like, like IRC, 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 IRC yeah. Whatever like eighties, nineties messaging system they have where she's like getting these like messages from like a British spy who's being held captive or something and he's sending them somewhere and, and she's gotta help like get him out so it's it's probably gonna be a lot like that but I think it's 
I see it as more like um, I want to. I wanted to bring some of the ideas I had from my from the game that I thought of, where it's more about like this person is stranded somewhere. This is the per- this person A, person B is this person's like only form of communicating with the world at large. And then they're somehow it's kind of like a screwball comedy without the person being physically present, where mm-hmm. like this person just gets wrapped up in person A's bullshit for the rest of the movie and it's like I need you to like pick up this thing from the dry cleaner or something and like my my niece is like I have to get picked up from school, I, I can't do that. And so they have to like so they're sort of getting to know like the the messy aspects of all this person's existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they you know, they would be in the end. And that was mostly what I had for that. I had, I do have some other ones that are that are smaller and just are sort of jokes and bits. Um Number one, what us down? Just, just make it. <laughs> just it's the same movie, but it's like the president single. Yeah, and his his lady secret service agent. Yeah, or guy. Yeah. I don't or care. That's true. I don't oh, care. Wow. A gay president. A gay president. Yeah. Isn't Megan Gyllenhaal in that? Could she be? Yeah, but she's not. She's like the one who's you know w- with the headset. Yeah, and she like yeah. It would just because a lot of these movies that I looked at for our list. uh I just kept thinking, like, this is too close because if it, if it was, like, a Hitchcock movie, it would just you just add romance in there and it's done. Yeah. Like, a lot of the sort of thrillers mm-hmm. that we've done or... A lot of movies have, like, two characters sort of at the focus of it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's almost cheating to, to make it a rom-com because you kind of could if you just kept most of the plot but add romance. So that was kind of how I felt about those down, but also, like, I think it'd be funny. Just yeah. Like, <laughs> Secret Service agent... Like you falls know, falls in love with the person while he's protecting him <laughs> in the worst day of his life. I feel like that would almost give me Dave vibes. Yeah, which I caught on TV recently again and loved it. This one made me laugh and also cringe. Um, I love Tom Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Closest thing to so maybe like that that Netflix show. Oh, 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 oh beast sexy beast, yeah, sexy, sexy beast. Yeah, or like yeah, just the closest thing to a furry rom com. Watching that trailer. I could not believe what I was like. Th- they put someone in a fucking dolphin. I like, saw it. Yeah. And they all have like these like, dead eyes. Yeah. Dead eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it's upsetting. It's just so awful. If you want to do an anonymous dating show, there's so many easier ways to do it than like, let's sit you down for five hours of prosthetics. I have a yeah. fantastic idea. Just jump on an app. Like, do you need to go through all of this? Yeah. Wear a paper bag over your head. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down the Lord of the Rings and I forget what what I was going to do with the Lord of the Rings, but I polyamory. Yeah, I had something. I don't know. No, you know what it was? I think it was like a sort of you know it was like a um, fellowship of the cock. It was like an on the road thing where it was like we got to take this you know like it was like a screwball comedy like we got to get to Sam and Bilbo have to take the yeah, yeah. got to get the rings keep running into like, wacky friends it's, yes yeah. it's like a wacky journey where they have to get to like, <laughs> Mordor <laughs> cart the ring over there um, that was kind of that was pretty much it that was all I have for that one um, the day the air stood still it would just be supposed to become sort of like Coneheads shenanigans yeah. right it would just be like wacky alien comes to earth mm-hmm. is wacky I would, I would love it if he had some job where he would have to be somewhat emotional and he would just really struggle with that like if he was like if he had to take a job as like a guidance counselor or something <laughs> oh yeah if we're doing the Keanu Reeves one then yeah, yeah. Then, like he's got like no empathy whatsoever um yeah that would be good um but I feel like if you did it it would just you know you might as well you can just do other wacky cause like I feel like if it's a rom-com alien it wouldn't be Keanu Reeves anymore maybe it could and he's like the uptight one but there's another like I feel like which is an interesting inversion version of that would have been Alien is Wacky and doesn't understand and it would be like Thor where he's like throwing bugs yeah. down it would be like Thor it would be like my stepmother's an alien it yeah. would be yeah um Jupiter Ascending again felt too close but just like it, it, if it wasn't of the serious like pseudo 
space opera. Just have it be like. No, yeah. that was my fix, right? Where it was like, uh, what's it called? Princess Dancy Dance in space. Princess oh, yeah, Dancy yeah, Dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're just somebody, like dating yeah. Sam. Yeah. Girl finds different boys and who yeah, she we're like, it's, with. You, it's already sort of a role movie presence where like, Maid finds out she's space princess yeah. and like has to get to the ball. I actually. Once you're done, oh, that's Jupiter, it. That's all oh, I had, but yeah. Jupiter Ascending was one of mine. Yeah. Well, I would love to be curious to see what you do. Yeah. If you want to transition. Go, go for it. Well, so I, I totally hear you because I had that same struggle in my head of like, is a movie where there's already a couple kind of at the center of it cheaty? And so I at least stretched myself to find ones where it would be like a major shift to put it in a rom-com situation. Yeah. So in my mind, the Jupiter Ascending thing works if... You keep in the aspect that Milagunas finds out, oh, I'm actually, like, the genetic clone of this queen or whatever. But I think the difference is it almost plays out more like Princess Diary, where, like, someone just pops up from you. I mean, that's literally I'm not, I'm not accusing you of stealing, but I say that's literally what my fix is. My fix was just, like, I wanted to be the Princess Diaries. Well, but my thought was that it would have, that it would be that, but it would be, like... I was I wanted to shift it into some sort of like holiday rom-com thing, but it would be like not only is it alien culture, but you're going through all these weird holidays and you have to hang out with this family that you literally do not know and they're also alien and really strange. And I feel like um, a lot of the shit that they play so deadly serious in would, the movie. Would she invite her like Russian cleaning family? Yes. So like the alien. Now that's comedy. And they would clash yeah. Cultures. And like yes. they start cleaning the toilets, and the aliens are like, no. Uh, yes, yes. And I would love for there to be a scene. I was thinking about this, where like the mom has to like teach one of the aliens, this is how you scrub it, like that kind of thing. Like no, not that way, this way. Um, and yeah, I would. And I would just love for there to be in there some kind of subplot about Mila Kunis missing Earth Christmas or something like oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, then all the aliens try to do their shitty version. Yes. Of yeah. They like get a tree, but it's like a weird. But it's right. Like, and they're like shooting tree lasers at the tree yeah, to like yeah. replicate lights, but they just set it on fire or something. And like if the tree is actually living and like it's yeah. a family member, yeah. like I I would just I would die for all of that. Um, I know it maybe cheats it a little to us when you got a holiday movie, but I feel like a holiday rom com is a thing, and I feel like that would be. And a maybe thing. it will be for our. Christmas movie this year too. <laughs> uh, my other one that I thought a little bit more about was okay. So turning Bram Stoker's Dracula into a rom com. I understand. Dead and loving it. Yep. Yes. Well, so that's where my mind went first. But then I thought, okay, is there actually a fun concept in here where you play it like Kate and Leopold, where he's blown away by the modern world of the Victorian era England? And um, in the end, Nina decides, you know what? I do want to live in medieval society where I have to shit in a hole and I have even less power than I do now. How did she travel back in time? Um, I was thinking there would be a slight crossover with the time machine oh. um, <laughs> to, to make that happen. So in this situation, Nina is um, uh, the fiancé of the time machine guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and... In this situation, like, you know, she doesn't get, like, shot by someone right after he proposes to her, like, in that movie. But um, in this situation, he, like, dips back. He somehow finds himself in, like, medieval Transylvania, and Dracula just... brings back Dracula. brings back Dracula with him. (laughs) And I would love for, like, um, just... I just think it would be almost sort of like a gentle send-up of this whole, like, fish out of water in another time. Because those are uniformly. It's now from someone in the past. Mm -hmm. I think there's something almost inherently a little bit funnier about, like, 
people in Victorian England being like, yeah, world of the future, right? Yeah, I had Time Machine, but I didn't, I, I thought about it, and I didn't know what to do with it. But I, it, Time Machine feels instinctively like a rock, like a wacky rom-com somewhere lies there. But I just what does? I didn't, like, have, uh, I, I guess I, had to, I probably crossed it off because I just couldn't. I wonder if you could, if there's something to, like, if both of, if, like, Time Traveler and his fiance travel to, like, 2021 or whatever, and it's both of them being, like, frightened and impressed by modern society. It's like, they're meeting other people, like, oh no, like, do they still want to get oh, married? Yeah, right. like, they, like, you know, they were probably, like, kind of betrothed and, like, forced to marry each other. So, See, like, you know, will they like, take a temporal run, Springer? Yes. Uh, my instinct is that it would be like a cross-time romance, where it would be like, you'd have that, again, that instinct, that built-in cultural right. Which, I mean, it he kind of does in the movie, right? Because you have what's her Samantha yeah. Mamba's character's name. But Bluebird. if it was a rom-com, it wouldn't be like a Victorian man with, like, future ancient... Yeah, lady. future native... Future <laughs> yeah. Yeah, future it would be woman. like a modern woman, and it would be like some Kane Leopold, like, yeah. um, what a woman can, can yeah. be a career person <laughs> yeah. now? And blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Yeah, it would be like that. I would love to see that reversed, I guess. I don't know how I would do it without it being sad. <laughs> Where a woman goes, a woman goes to the like, future. Oh, I mean, I can vote. Like, <laughs> I, I can choose it now. <laughs> but I feel like it would be... I mean, like, I am never going back there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, you know, honestly, I feel like there's kind of a way that I could see that in the style of something like Pretty Woman, where it's like, in Pretty Woman, it's like, she goes to a hotel room and it's fancy and she yeah. can like... Take a bath and order French fries. Huge. Yeah. And now she goes into the future and it's like she has rights and can go places and do things. And it's like treated with the same levity oh, as like, you know, prostitute it. orders French fries. I, I would love that. I got it. What? I got something. You know that Guys. I got something. I got something. <laughs> um, it's his maid. In time, oh, time okay. traveler's maid. Yes. Gets either accidentally stabbed or like as a test subject. <laughs> He's like, well, 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 the gerbil came back. We got to try it on humans. Uh, well, Loretta, why don't you get in here? She's I would. I, I know. I, I love the idea to like trick her into. He's like, yeah, well, that seat's kind of dirty. You want to just go in there and, and give it a scrub real quick? I also, Wham. I also love that in his mind, he was like, how should I test this on humans? One yeah. of the trash people I employ yeah. to clean my house? I take it back. It's not a she. She's cleaning it at night, and she gets sent into the room. Right, right, right. And she like discovers this magical world and she comes back and she explains that like oh my god it works uh-huh. maybe, he, maybe he couldn't get it to work uh-huh. he like tried it that she day. had to hold on the shift key yeah <laughs> it was like stickier she did like the Fonzie shit yeah like she yeah, whacked him <laughs> 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 and, like, <laughs> and she goes she like, just elbowed so, like, elbowed it really hard she manages to like go to the future and come back and she's like oh my god Mr. Time Machine Man um, it works I goes in the future and like they go back together and like it's like a it's it's there is that clash, but she's maybe had a little bit more time um, in the future. Maybe mm-hmm. she was there for like a few days. Yeah. Or like we, and she, so she already knows more about. She's like, like this the, is called a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I like knew this. <laughs> and then, so there's like an uh, like a, an awkward tension of like you know we're uh, I you know we know each other to be like employer and employee and also like you know women don't don't have rights at this time. He's got like this adjustment that he has to make of like oh like in the future like you know you can do things. That's the rock conversion of the time machine. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep imagining like th- this maid as like Eliza Doolittle or something. Yeah. yeah. Pushed up to the night. She's like, ah! <laughs> yeah. And oh my god! Could you back. imagine the montage of her trying on modern clothes? <laughs> yeah. Delightful. Oh my god. She took, yeah. She she threw her, and she'd like be giving him like the tour and like you know she'd be like so excited to show him like this is like bubblegum. This is a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> she'd have, she'd have made like some sort of like goth 
high school friend. Right? Like, <laughs> you would you would probably want a running joke of like one or two things she still misunderstood, but explains it to him very confidently. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, so exactly. that that keeps coming up, and so they'll be like, yeah. this thing, and then so modern she, people are like, what? She knows a little bit more than him, but she's still definitely like they're both like babes in the woods, right? Um, man, what a good collab. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Brandon, what are your? All right, so I had sort of three. Uh, the first one, I think that one of the easiest ones, and I, this is maybe kind of a little bit of a cheat because I think this movie thinks it has elements of a rom-com to it, even though it doesn't and they don't matter. Uh, <laughs> Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, which has like the vague, like, because there's Sam, I believe is his name, is the boy who like, she gets with at the end, but like he kind of just shows up out of nowhere and she's like, and then in the end I realized I loved Sam. That's like and, a like, faint outline of a rom-com. Right, and I'm just like, what, you do? <laughs> okay, I guess. And so it's like, there, there is that, but it's not really a rom-com. So what my thought is, is first of all, it's going to be like a lesbian high school romance. Yes. So it's going to be sort of like Love, Simon, but with a lesbian twist. And I also don't think it's going to deal with them coming out because I think it's going to be like characters who are already kind of aware of who they are and their families and friends know who they are and everyone's cool with it now. Where it's going to be told in perspective of Allison Pill's character, Ella, who is like, you know, she's been at the school forever. She's sort of like a very uptight, kind of like a Leslie Nope sort of t- character who, you know, has her shit together. And then all of a sudden, like one day I know where this like wacky New York City girl shows up and who's like, you know, like she and you have Ella, who's kind of like the straight man in the situation. And Lindsay Lohan's character, whose name I forget. In the like movie. a Dizzy Dame? Yeah. Yeah. Where she's kind of like this like force of nature. Lola? Lola. That was, that was her, that was her, her like, fake, fake name. That's fine. Lola, who's like this sort of like crazy force of nature, always like changing everything for the better for everyone in the high school. So, you know, you still have like Megan Fox as the girl who always does the musicals and always gets the lead. And Lindsay <laughs> Lohan. She, and, yeah, she, she is. And Lola's like, but I'm going to go out for the musical and I bet I'll get the lead this year. And Megan Fox is like, my monocle, how dare you? And it's just sort of, you know, like, I, I think it's just, you know, the relationship between these two girls is they sort of like appreciate what each one brings to the table and maybe like. Allison Pill's character is sort of taking on kind of like a director role in this show, like a student director type role. So it's like they both sort of realize like how they work together and what talents they each have and how they complement each other. And uh, I think you just kind of go by that. I want it to be kind of very low stakes. So that's why I'm not having anything about coming out because I just want it to be kind of, you know, just a basic rom-com. I don't want to deal with, you know, the pressures of society at large pushing down on you. It's just, you know, the pressures. I think it's only the fizz. Not that like we're at the stage in the world, but I think we're at the stage of media where like it's you can just do yeah. where you're going to be gay and we're not going to talk about right. how shitty the world can Right, be. it's not going to be a big deal that you are gay. Yeah. It's just that you're gay. And the drama entirely comes from, like, what is your love life going to yeah. be? I'm, I'm really happy to hear that angle, actually, because I've been thinking lately, it feels important to me that we... Normalize? Normalize mm-hmm. that, but also I think from... I think there is this natural inclination of, oh, it's a queer narrative. There must be, like, struggle and misery and coming out, and it's really hard. Well, what was the... But, like, let's let's center a queer narrative around joy. It what was the Kristen Stewart... Uh, happiest Season. Yeah, which I never watched. It, because I, I knew what I wanted that movie to be, and I had heard what it was, and I was like, this is not what I want this movie to be. It's still... Set it like, up. It's still... In, that? No, it was Christmas setup. Yeah, it was Christmas, yeah. I said set it up, but that's a different rom Happiest yeah. Season is the... No, I know, but we're saying... <laughs> Oh. Christmas setup is like the one, the happiest season that we wanted, not the one. Oh, yes, 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 exactly, yes, yes, exactly. Yes. yes, I got like my very low key gay rom com, yeah. but the lesbian one was still very hung up on like how will we come out to your family and like your father's a conservative and he's the mayor or running for mayor. My kingdom for a horse, where homos- where just a queer identity is not itself a conflict in your story. Yeah, yeah. Because I just, I just don't want to deal with that really. So I, who does? I do get that. Like, you don't want to go too far and like not address the realities of. 
great editing, but like not every time, like yeah, not, you, not every time. movie has to be not, you know, hashtag, yeah. not every game yeah. movie, not hashtag every game not movie needs to be struggle. Yep. Yeah, it's just like can I just get something nice about watch, people yeah, kissing? This is why I don't watch a lot of queer cinema because it's, it's not depressing. Much of it is just a bummer. Yeah, yeah it is because I that is no, because I don't want people to die at the end because misery and shame is a comfortable narrative for a mainstream to represent. Great yeah, and I mean, I think. To be fair, I think part of it, whenever we first started making gay movies, that was kind of baked in, and I think that was probably a cultural thing at the time, even mm-hmm. when it had gay creators, mm-hmm. just because the idea was that, like, you are gay, ergo, your parts life of your is life struggle. is very difficult, and yeah. you want to represent that in movies. And I get that, and I get why you want to put that in your art, and I get why people respond to that. But it's kind of like, we're at the point now where things are significantly better for gay people, comparatively speaking. Oh, and... Like, I, I think it's important, like, again, like, the cultural narrative for a community of people should not have one emotional tone that we always go to. Like, yeah. Yeah. that's not human, really. And also, like, yeah, let us have fun in fucking movies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on a similar note, like, that, I really, I really, really liked the, um, um, Christmas, I don't remember what it was called, but the Hallmark also did a movie, uh, with oh. the handicapped actress. But oh, 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 for, who was in Oklahoma? I'm Ali. Yes, I'm blanking yeah. on the last. I'm going to look her up real quick. It was like the first, I like, disabled. Wanna, like, yeah, I want to. Holly, like, Christmas rom-com. And, like, she was, like, a romance novelist. And right. she was, like, she had her car. She drove it. Nobody ever made Ali a big Stroper, deal out of, name? like, how she, you know, nobody in the movie was ever, like, how do like, you do You're in a wheelchair. Yeah, like, how like, do you do things? Like, it was it's just, like, a part. It, everyone just treated it like a normal Right. It was, for, for all intents and purposes, like, the movie could have been written with someone who could walk in the central wall, and it would not have changed anything about right. the movie. Yeah. And it was it was very nice and refreshing. No, it was nice. You know, that's what we need more of. If, like, yeah. Hallmark wants to keep making these, like, sort of simple, frothy rom-coms, like, do that shit, you know? They're like, inclusive. Yeah. Did you watch that one? Yeah, I watched that one. It was cute. It was a real beefcake. It was. Was it Hallmark? Also, was like, he, was no, that was sad, he was a sad widower. He was a sad widower. Which was like, again, I feel like less common. You know, I feel like you don't see that a lot in like Hallmark. Or you see, I think I think yeah, that's like what they're going because like Hallmark does two genres. Like Hallmark does yeah. like the bubbly one, and then they do the more dramatic ones where it's, it is sort of like like but my husband's away fighting in a rod or whatever, yeah. you know, like bullshit like that. So it, it, I think it depends. That one was sort of like a weird melding of the two that uh, you know could have probably done without sad dad being a sad widower, yeah. but. Because that is mo- his like daughter was like trying to get them to bone the whole movie. Yeah, it's, um, but, like she basically was like writing fan fiction. I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, she was. When you think about it, though, a widower is almost kind of like a boon within that storytelling world because he is available. You know that he's emotionally he's got mature because he was married and he has a child, yeah. which is also very attractive to that audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you get you get all and and then you also get he's he's haunted he's very serious about this dead wife thing he's good breeding very stock. serious about this dead wife thing you know what I mean I just I, <laughs> no, I, I, I feel like that's a really easy way to yeah. give your your male lead instant pathos emotion yeah basically uh, we're getting <clears throat> off traffic but I, yeah I, I do I do want to say like I timeless Christmas will forever be like the movie that I like for a uh. reason just because like it, it was like it, not nearly as good as it should have been but yeah. like. I, w- I want more of the timeless Christmas verse. Yeah. And fucking film him eating pizza. Stop cutting <laughs> to immediately after he's, like, signed the bill for it? <laughs> the fuck? I assume it's because you don't like to have eating scenes. Because you know how much eating scenes suck for actors? Yeah. We're, 
Oh, because they you think it, about it. They just have this, to keep shooting. Right, you're doing the take over and over, and there's a bucket underneath the table where you're just spinning out food in between takes. Like, it's a pain in the ass. So I assume if they're cutting away from eating, it's because of that. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, he was also one of the hottest of the Christmas leads of 2020. He was also that time travel trope that we also see in Kate and Leopold, where he is just impossibly progressive right. for yeah, his time. Yeah, he's super woke. <laughs> like, yeah, very woke. Doesn't question, like, black people having equal rights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or women, well, yeah. equal-ish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's the thing I do love about Kate and Leopold. While he doesn't question, like, the fact that there is a black lady police officer, he questions the fact that she's yelling at him about dog shit. He's yeah. like, this is the thing I'm hung up on. Yeah. The idea that I have to pick up about dog shit. Not that there is a black woman telling me what to do. That's yeah. okay. I can conceive that. I cannot conceive of a world where my dog cannot shit in the street. That is beyond the pale. Uh, so the other, I had two others. Yeah. Uh, the other one was The Haunting, which I think um, with The Haunting, it's a little bit more of a genre shift, right? Where it's not going to be probably a horror movie. What I think the premise is going to be, it's again going to be a lesbian movie because The Haunting is so close to being a lesbian. Obviously. Right. Yeah. And so what I think it's going to be is it's going to be, um, God, who is the lead? And what's her Lily name? Lily Taylor. Yeah, thank you. I could not remember the actor's I, name. I listened to that episode again recently just because I just, that, that episode was, was just a lot fun to record and it was really funny to listen to so this is bringing me a lot of joy right now well here you go so lily taylor what i think it's going to be is she goes to like she's basically like trying to find a room to live in because she needs like a place to stay <laughs> after her mother is dead yeah or i don't know what it's going to be and, right and like the sister kicks her out of the apartment yeah in, in the movie it was just that like her mother died and her sister shows up and is like all right we're getting rid of the apartment pack your shit and split <laughs> but i think it's, it's whatever convenience it needs like she's getting a new job or something who the fuck cares she like finds basically a watch for this big old house being like room to let here where it's like a bunch it's basically like a found family of people living in this large old house so you know you've got Catherine Zeta-Jones is like the kooky artist lesbian character and Liam Neeson sort of like the authoritative daddy type character you know yeah where he like I don't know maybe he like owns the house or something like maybe it was like left to him and you know Owen Wilson as like the sort of like young hip you know like I know right because he's such a fucking non-entity in this movie do we get to keep Bruce Dern and what's her face I think so because you need like I feel like maybe they have a cook somehow, you know, or in like night in the dark. dark. <laughs> uh, God, I a love plus that line, line readings. <laughs> and I maybe you can still have the shit where like she finds out that actually like the house is hers. You know, maybe the whole story is like her finding a found family, and when she finds this found family, she also finds that like this really is her home in like That's more cool. ways than one. And so I don't know. And like obviously, you know, if the house is hers, she's going to like let them all stay with her. Obviously, you know, it's just yeah. sort of I think a cute little like frothy tale about finding you know your family among strangers is it one of those sort of like i like sort of like wacky neighbor situations too where it's like oh these movies have some sort of quaint neighborhood so it's like the found family thing is like all these wacky people and they're all kind of characters in their own way yeah basically everyone's sort of like yeah everyone's got like their own sort of like stock yeah and everyone's sort of like humanized by the end of it right yeah like like, you you get why they are the way that they are yeah and then it's her obviously and Catherine zeta jones falling in love throughout the movie it's all i want um, the last one that I have... Oh, sorry, you... No, some, I, okay. I had a thought, but I want to wait for your, you to be done with that one. Okay. Your, your last one. Okay, the last one is the commuter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 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 
dinner that I was like, I don't, I have nothing. Okay, this is what I have. I'm so excited to see where this goes. This was like the flimsiest one, and I sort of hashed it out on my walk over here for what Uh I think it could be. So what I think you need to do, I think the point of view has to shift from Liam Neeson to Vera Farmiga's character. Uh What I think Vera Farmiga's character is, she still works in this like bizarre, large, anonymous corporation. (laughs) So like instead of being one of those weird jobs women always have when they lead a rom-com of like, I'm a room stager for like model homes, her thing is... I work for a shadow corporation. Yeah, I I work for the Legion of Doom. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically, it would be akin to like Miranda Priestly in The Devil Wears Prada, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's kind of like the head bitch in charge for some like large, but like corporation that does, I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing something. Pharmaceuticals. Right, exactly. (laughs) And she's like, you know, like very, like very metropolitan, very stylish, very wealthy. And what the premise, like what the hook that starts this whole thing is, is that like she's going to take she's going to like have her chauffeur take her to somewhere on Long Island for some reason like I, I don't know if it's like a girls night out or like a high school reunion or some shit like that maybe even you know a date where she's mm-hmm. like meeting someone on his yacht or something and when she's going to get her um, when she's going to get into her you know town car or whatever it breaks down and she's like well fuck and she's like trying to get an Uber and she can't get one she's trying to get a cab and she's like fine fuck it I'm going to take the subway I'm going to take the subway I'll take the train to Grand Central Station and I'll get out there my this is fucking horrible and I hate it on the subway as she's getting there she runs into Liam Neeson and Liam Neeson's deal is that he's like a single dad who's struggling a little bit with his job because he's just lost it he has a son who's probably I think Liam Neeson's deal is he was visiting his son at college his son's going to like NYU or Columbia or some shit and so like he was just like you know he was just got on the train from seeing his son he had such a nice time seeing his son he loves so much but he's also like oh like like it's so expensive to keep you enrolled here and like I don't know what we're going to do like my life as a single dad is very hard for me and it's going to be like the two of them like basically she like runs into him she's like I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing like can you please help me figure out how to get to whatever the train station at the end of this railroad is and he's like yeah that's fine come on I'll get you there and it's like the two of them sort of bouncing off of each other and bouncing off the various other people on the train that they meet along the way and I think again like you said Lee there's elements of a screwball comedy because basically like what that movie does interestingly I kind of like is that like there's like all the like every car kind of could have its own identity yeah. and so like you know, you've got like the car full of like college students you've got the car full of like you know uh, vacationers yeah. or whatever. That so it's like, sort of our, our, like people that are vaguely know each other because they're on the Right, plate. right. And so like Liam Neeson kind of knows yeah. these people and so she gets to know them also. That was sort of our group fix when yeah. we were watching it of just like to the, give you just a sense of where grounding. you're at. Yeah, every car needs its own Again, sort of identity. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And so I think you have something like that and then it's basically like by the time of course they get to the end of the line the two of them have fallen in love. She decides that she doesn't want to go to like her horrible rich person convention or whatever it is that she's supposed to be doing up there. And she's like, you know, like, like why don't the two of us like go get a coffee someplace and we'll, you know, have, have have a nice evening together. I don't need to go to Mount Doom today. Right, Let's exactly. hang out. I see. I thought it was going to turn into collateral. Wait, give me. Uh, so collateral. Where is? I thought it like like lady who works. Oh, 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 oh collateral. Okay, Jamie sorry. Fox driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah it took me a Needs like a ride around the city or whatever. Oh, okay, so Leah Beeson's like driving Beeson's an Uber like, or something. Like her reluctant like chauffeur <laughs> that has to like drive around so while she's doing like evil rich errands <laughs> kind of a thing. No, that could work too. You certainly. could also have some fun with how outlandish those evil rich errands could get. Like, yeah, I I need to go pick up some child skin. Yeah, I need or just like sort of you know like. Like evil warrior type stuff, right? Right, we're just like ruin a company forever by like letting go half their employees. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's fun. Yeah, so I think I think that's kind of where I would take uh, the commuter, (laughs) and you know the title still works too because it's vague enough to be a rom com. Right. Yeah. Lee, what was the thing you were gonna say? Um, I forgot. 
Uh, oh, no. I, I opened the list and I had forgotten one that I really liked the idea of. Um, yeah. Drive Angry. <laughs> oh my the, god. Which is interesting because one of the things I actually like about that movie is that he doesn't have romance. Yeah, well, the romance the is between. Um, William Fickner. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's between the what is yes. it? It's like the the the, the accountant the or something. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly it's the like it. Where like it starts off where like he breaks uh, Nicholas Cage breaks out of hell. Right. So, like do X Y Z. He's got right. a, a vendetta. He's got to fulfill. Yeah. And the accountant is like chasing after him, and it's it's like a uh, like a sexy fugitive. Yeah, it's like a sex, <laughs> it's not really a sexy fugitive, but it's more of like it's it's probably gonna be one of those things where they like. At, at some point, they're handy. They're like hand- handcuffed to each other. Handcuffed yeah. to each other. Yeah. yeah, and so like they're, they're just like, no, we gotta go this way. I'm like, yeah. oh, we're this. like the accountant manages to like do something that like binds them together, uh-huh. but like it's doesn't work out because like Nicholas Cage is like angry and powerful enough that he can sort of fight it, and yeah. they have to like work together. You like, could also have some fun with like if they have some kind of blow up or a spat, and yeah. Nick Cage tries to like. Leave or storm away or drive someplace else. Yeah, William Victor can just possess people around. And there's, him and yeah, like, there's, there's going to be an element of like there's a mutual enemy where there's like uh, like demon hunters or something. Yeah, at some point become apparent. So it's like they're 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 nobody wants like neither of them wants to have to tangle with those guys. Right, they're run away from those. But like Nicholas Cage doesn't want to go back to hell yet. He's still gonna like I don't know what he's doing in that movie. Saving his daughter. His it's something to do with his daughter. daughter. It's his yeah. infant or not infant, infant but it's, it's yes, yeah. who got stolen away by a weird cult led by an actor whose name I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, it's been so yeah. long since I've seen so that. So then it becomes like a look who's talking scenario. <laughs> or three men and a baby where it's like... Okay, make a super woman. Word! He starts talking. Word! Is it because this is a couple kind of on this run? Is it more like Raising Arizona? Well, maybe we're... Well, I, I was thinking like three men and a baby because isn't that where like they have to... I don't really remember the plot of him. It's they, they are... They get they a baby find themselves with yeah. a baby. Yeah. Where they... Like these two... Like a demon and a this grandfather who, from hell they have to like... Like all, not, like, baby, like, yeah. not like raising, but like, like protecting yeah. while like the cultists are chasing after them, kind of a thing. So that was you know an idea I had. Delicious. <laughs> the um, thing that actually I did sort of struggle with when I was going through the list. First, I think my problem was that I went through the list of actual episodes we did and not just like the list of movies that we did because we did. There, there were movies that we watched as a group before we started podcasting, yeah. which I should have gone off that list. I didn't because I was going off of like the podcast list which is on my phone um a lot of the ones we did for this podcast don't really have two guys is what i would argue because i was trying to find one that would work as like a gay romance and obviously there's like the lone no you could but obviously there's like the lone ranger or Mm -hmm. something Uh, but i I feel like most movies we do are like guy and the secondary characters a girl or vice versa interesting I, I, I have nothing to officially back this up. I don't have actual numbers to no, show that, you. That feels correct. Yeah, like again, it does. I looked at a lot of movies like like The Lone Ranger and like Boonraku, and I was like, I don't want to make that a rom com because See, I feel like you I didn't. Know. I looked at Boonraku, but I realized I did not remember Boonraku well enough at all to <laughs> no try guns. and do this. It's not, uh, it's, so it, here's here I got Boonraku yeah, yeah. in a nutshell because yeah. Boonraku was like has that thing where there's like a bunch of assassins. There's like ranked assassins. Right, I remember that. So I think with the rom com version of that, it would be uh, cowboy and um, samurai are okay. entering the city because that's what they are right the two characters and like they want to like it's a no more heroes thing which is a video game about trying <sighs> to become like the number one assassin so it's like they both want to rise in the ranks of the assassins um, and they start off making like a deal of like well we can help each other out for now and we'll mm-hmm. like kill all the assassins that are ahead of us and then you know it'll be off at that point right only there can only be one <laughs> and so it would be like that it would be like a sort of competitive like they're they they're in it for like the they're taking out the ranks. Or maybe maybe it's like how it is in Bunraku where like Samurai has a more noble goal and he wants to like take down the head of this gang. And Cowboy just wants to be number one assassin. And so like 
their goals are aligned, but like only up to a certain point, and so is, they are working together. Is the final boss still going to be um, the, the woodcutter? Yeah, but what was the actor's name? Oh no, no, no! You're thinking of um, the tap dancing guy with the no. I'm thinking of the woodcutter. What was oh. the actor's name now? I don't know. <laughs> it was, I remember that big guy. I rem- yeah, that big guy. He was Hellboy. The, Ron right. Perlman. Yes, Ron Perlman. Yeah, okay. And then um, the kid. Do you remember how, like, I don't remember this. Do you remember how like Demi Moore is also like the head hooker <laughs> yeah. of his weird little like prostitute stable? I forgot she was in this. It, barely, and, but and she's Woody in it. Yeah. Ex Paramore. Yeah, I forgot he was in it. Woody Harrelson was the bartender who That's right. Right. Jesus um, Christ. used to be with Demi Moore. And also, did we watch the movie a hundred years ago? By the way, I mean, it, was, it was like the second or third movie we did. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Kevin McKidd was. was like the sort of Voldo character of of the bunch. Or like, That's right? They the, didn't have a lot of lines. Who's, who's did the he? one from like um, Ma- Mar- Mortal Kombat where he's like a, a the, the flashy one? Oh, um, um, uh, uh, Johnny... Yeah, Johnny Cage. Right? Cage, thank you. Yeah, he's like Johnny. Where he was like a weird like tap dancing. Assassin. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. And he had like a he would have like a, a sword with right? like a handkerchief yeah. out the whole time. Which, yeah, that was odd to see because I don't think of Kevin McKidd as being like dancerly or life. He's just sort of like brick like. Oh, he's versatile. He was he was kind of like he didn't seem that large. Yeah, I don't think it, it wasn't like bizarrely out of character or anything. Yeah. I think if I again he had like a smart red barely suit remember on. this movie. I guess I just think of him as. And um, Maid of Honor. Bunraka's pretty basic. There's a lot of flash in Bunraka, but it's a pretty yeah. basic story of like, there's a guy, there's a gang leader, he's got rules over the town with an iron fist. Right. And he's like protection racket. I remember people, that. They just like take down the woodcutter. And there's not stuff. much of a plot. It's really just. I mean, it's very straightforward, like, action. you get to this guy. Right. Like, yeah, take down the gang leader. Yeah. He wants. Gact wants to take it down because it his Gact. father's. I could not thing, remember who it was. It was Gact. His, um, f- his uh, father's amulet. Aylor's there and he's gonna yeah, get it back yeah. and uh, Cowboy wants to take it down because Woodcutter t- killed his parents I think the thing that this made me realize now is if, <laughs> if we had done Lucky Number Slevin earlier this year like we were tentatively going to that would have been a very easy uh, swap to a gay hurt. romance oh uh, really? yeah very easy I don't want to spoil how but I think if you saw it you would know like, like would this be Hartnett and Willis? Oh, I'm just trying you, to think of people you, I know in the no, movie no so there is there, there is a very, very, very minor character who is Ben Kingsley's son. Ben Kingsley and Morgan Freeman are like these two crime big, bosses. like king, yeah, crime bosses. Ben Kingsley has a son who is gay, um, which barely matters in the plot <laughs> because he's barely a character. And one of the things that Morgan Freeman tells Josh Hartnett is, is like, you have to kill his son for me for revenge because he killed my son. And so, like, what Josh Hartnett does is like it's so quick that it's not even like a scene, but it's just sort of like he meets Ben Kingsley's son and is like, "Hey, what if I came over to your apartment?" And so, like, what if the entire premise is just that, like, you're like, He's you gotta, pre- you gotta, like, pretend to be gay, and, like, ingratiate yourself with this kid, and then kill him. And so, what if the thing is like, you know, like he meets him and they have a meet cute? He's like, "Oh no, I'm starting to actually right? fall in love with him instead." Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine the, the the really cheesy kind of '90s rom com voiceover? Like, what happens yeah. when the assassin without a heart <laughs> falls in love? Yeah. I mean, shit. In retrospect, I don't know if we ever have to do Lucky Number Slim, because that would be my fix right there. Mm. Okay, that. Yeah. Um, I, my eyes glazed over, uh, considered cool as ice for, like, three seconds before I realized, like, that actually ostensibly was meant to be a rom. Right. Yeah. I totally forgot about it. That's the problem, I think, with a lot of movies sad. that I can neither rom nor is that, like, they're ostensibly rom-coms to begin with. Yeah. Do you know what cool is? I forget what we talked about in Cool as Ice, but, like, I feel like my... I feel like Cool as Ice, we've probably talked about it, is like the sort of like tamest version of the wild one. Yes. Or like the modern day, like lame, yeah. lame wild one. I mean, because like, like they are, but they're like 
fun and wacky. They're fun like, and wacky, and there's only three of them. Right. And there's not really any violence or sex in it. Their version of taking over is like we go to this weird fucking Pee Wee's Playhouse. Pee Wee's Playhouse house <laughs> with an old couple living and, in it, and, and we, we rap outside. Yeah, they allow us to stay with them, and it's yeah. very sweet. But there was also a bunch of scenes that seem to be shot inside like a warehouse with like huge fans. Right. And I remember there's that. Like, there's like a dance off construction. Thing. There's yeah. a lot of dancing. Yeah. And there's a lot Drop of like that zero get, get with the, the hero. hero. Oh my God, I mean. That's the one bit of the movie that stands out. Wow. Yeah. The charisma level. For briefly for a brief moment. Like the like a supernova. You're like, like, oh, it, it like works. This could yeah. be a movie. And then, and then never again. Yeah. I was looking through, I don't know. I mean could you could you separate lives? Could you do it? I don't know. Do you want to, though? Right. I mean, because the movie, like, the premise of the movie is more just, like, their relationship is fractured, and, like, they have to sort of come to terms with it, or, you know, I mean, in this version of it. The remake that we watched... Right. Do you think they thought they were making something of a rom-com? Because it no, is romantic. I, they were doing a com. They were 100% doing a comedy that happened to have elements of romance because it's about husbands and wives. Okay. I don't think at any point they considered it to be a rom-com, and it's not. Yeah. Writing the bullet would be interesting. So I was wondering, well, who would it be? Would it be like between him and Death? And then what does that entail? I, like, what, I don't think it's Death. I think he's like, or that's right. What, he's like a ghost, a ghost who's representing sort of like. Isn't this supposed yeah. to be so sort of vaguely Death. that um, that New England area ghost, the hitchhiker who always wears red flannel or some shit? Isn't that supposed to be a ref on that? I, I don't know. In the, in the actual story, it's like they, they talk about. There's this like local legend within the world of the book about like a guy who had a Mustang and he drove it and he crashed it. That's who picks him up. Right. Like, it's the ghost of this guy. Yeah. But it's in the he, he I, in the book it's or in the movie itself or in the story overall it's not really clear if it's like he is that ghost or if he just took the form of this man mm-hmm. as some sort of like uh, afterlife like uh, bat maker where he's because yeah. the whole point is like. You die or your mom dies. Right, right. I mean, hey, like, fuck it. Give me a, give me a ghost gay rom-com road trip movie. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, there it is right there. And they have to pick up, like, another person at one point. Right. And then they're like, who are you talking to? Yeah. <laughs> Be cool. And then, like, the, the, like, all I've seen you do this whole time is just lean across to the passenger seat and do this, like, wow. <laughs> God. Yeah, that movie, I mean, I, I really like, I really like that movie. It's, it's such a weird... Funny experience. Also... That 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 movie gave us one of our most successful games. Yeah. Uh, do you remember oh, we, right. we rolled yeah. dice yeah. to figure yeah. out? Yeah. I forget why we did that in the context of writing the bullet. I think it was, it was to like add an element of like chance, of fate. Yeah, like you know, fate. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. which that which awaits all men. That's right. Yeah. And you just you just gotta ride whatever gotta ride out it. whatever. And then we we reused it for a Halloween party and it was very successful. Yeah, People loved it. It was. Oh, yeah, it's a good game. I, I also liked Hit Me With Your Best Shot as a concept. Yeah. Yes. Like that. So that was a good one. I also was remembering recently, do you remember when we did the No Sip List for New yeah. and Eli's? That was yeah. quite successful. Yeah. We've got some other, we've got some other gimmicky things planned for the rest of this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was all I had, though. I mean, yeah. I this think was that's, fun as fuck. Yeah. I, I like that this was relatively low-key in terms of, like, homework that we had to yeah. do going into I it. I also, like, on it. I wasn't expecting the three-way riff, but that was really exciting and fun to do that with yeah. your ideas. Which, again, is something we'll have to do more of at some point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know. I yeah. like doing stuff like this. It's fun. Yeah. And this was, a, I think it was a fun, fruitful... This was... Fun and fruitful. Fun, fruitful, fun and, and uh, fruity. Full yeah. of tricks. All right. Well... <laughs> Guys, come back at us in two weeks. 
Come just back come at us. us. Come at us. I, come at us. I said it right this time, okay? I'll act like I didn't. I actually said it right for the first time. Or subscribe to us, or don't fuck us. And frankly, I want a medal for it. <laughs> uh, bye. 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 bye.